blame oh, him for that. I was you the could one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. All your team suck, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. The, the and I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to Daft Picks. As always, today I'm joined by our producer, Parker. Hello. So it's just the, the two of us docking the saddle again. So today we've got a bunch of news, finally. It's nice to have sports somewhat back. We're going to be going over the MLB situation with some of the uh, players, the minor leaguers, and some of the things with the salary that are being arbitrated over before they return to play. We're obviously going to talk about the NHL return to play as we get some more information there. And we're going to start the show off just real quickly. wanted to go over some of the stuff that's come to light, obviously, in the real world. We're not going to dwell on it, but... Parker, we obviously talked about this before the show, but you saw Evander Kane's comments on, I think it was First Take. He basically just called to light that more people need to be stepping up and talking in these situations. You know, we need more athletes who have a platform to use them to advocate for social justice. I think he even called on players like Crosby and, and such to come forward and speak because it would bring a lot of light to, you know, what's going on right now with, with protests and everything. Yeah, and I saw on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith was talking about it, and I saw a few tweets from people like Joe Burrow and a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, hockey's pretty much cut and dry everywhere you go, and it's nice to see somebody stepping up. Of course, Vander Kane is one of the very few black hockey players, and he's using his platform to, to speak about it. This is just a, a crazy time in America. There have been some players that have come forward. I saw Logan Couture, one of Kane's teammates, obviously came out and talked about how racism absolutely exists in hockey and society. And I think about all the stuff with Akeem Alou and you know even Joel Ward, who brought this up, and it, it just all seems to be coming to the forefront now. So with that said, we just wanted to address that quickly because it wouldn't have been right if we didn't at least talk about what's going on in America right now, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Now we'll move on to a little bit of a lighter subject. We have, of course, the NHL returning to play stuff coming out of the woodworks now. We have some of the team formatting set up, and it sounds like training camps aren't going to start until July, but probably right thereafter. Thoughts? Okay, so if they're in July, then will the Cup playoffs be starting in August? Sounds like it's going to be a two-week training camp, from what I'm seeing. Uh, that could be wrong, but it sounds like two weeks, so probably later July, early August. And just pack the schedule. Maybe instead of doing three or four days off, maybe we play off games, you do one or two. Who is it that said this is going to be one of the most grueling playoffs ever? Like, I don't know, I forget there's a player who came out and said it was Petrangelo or somebody said this is going to be a really tough playoff to win, but it'll be worth it, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure who said that. But I remember Blake Wheeler saying that he thought these were going to be like the best Maybe playoffs the NHL could get because yeah. most, if not all, the players on all the teams will be healthy. So theoretically, you'll be seeing the best version of oh, each best. team. And not to mention, there's so many chances for an upset. I mean, I was listening to Steve Dangle on his podcast talking. He makes a great point. Like, you know, we all boo Gary Bettman and, you know, obviously he's not very loved in the sport, but. He's a shrewd businessman, and I think he did this right. Like, I, I really think he did the best of what he could have done, which is not something we get to say very often about the NHL. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about how the NBA is trying to do their playoff format, and the one guy on the Pelicans said that he's not even going to bother trying to play 
if his team doesn't have like a that. legitimate playoff chance. I forget his name. And it's just, yeah, that, I, that's making me think because it, it sounds like that they're trying to do like their classic playoff format while right. the NHL revamped theirs. So I just think it's interesting how the NHL pretty much got theirs right by just giving everyone who had like a chance to make the playoffs just had them, you know, be in the playoffs. But, by the way, it wasn't the Pelicans. I'm like, I think you're thinking of Damian Lillard because he was the one that came out and said that if his team doesn't make it, he's not even going to play yeah, out the rest of it. Yeah, isn't he on the Pelicans? No, he's on the uh, Blazers. Blazers. Okay, yeah, I always get those mixed up. You tried. Okay, I, you tried. I mean, so, I, I'm trying. Opposite ends of the country, but yeah, you gave it your best. Uh, yeah, and we'll see. We obviously, um, the NHL, like I said, I think they're doing it right here. Like you said, all the players will be healthy. The only thing that's a little bit confusing, which of course there is always going to be something, is how the draft is going to work, because a lot of people are either extremely in favor of this draft lottery thing where if you're one of those teams that gets knocked out you go back in the lottery and a lot of people hate it it's like a love or hate thing so where do you stand on it do you like the idea i mean just because you make the playoffs doesn't mean you're a good team that's fair like the wild for instance (laughs) i believe they're the lowest seed in these playoffs either them or chicago and they are a hugely flawed team their best player is probably uh their coach. No, their best player is probably Matt Dumba. Who, That's okay. That's fair. I mean, yeah. even though he's a pretty good defenseman and he's still only twenty six, he's more of a in my opinion, a complimentary guy. Mm, I, I don't know. I think Dumba's got that high end talent, but for argument's sake, I'll agree with you. But he's not like a He's not a player producer like that. He's he, he's not like around. a like a Chris Letang or like a Brent Burns right. or a Victor Hedman. He can't win you the game alone. He's there to do he's – he's a two-way. He's not going to, you know, score you that game-winning goal all the time. Like, he's there to support. So, in that sense, you're correct. Yeah. So, like, a team like them, theoretically, if they get a high pick, okay, sure. It makes sense. They need right. it. Oh. They weren't going to make the playoffs anyways. Some of these teams – I'm okay with them going back into the lottery because, well, they were going to be in the lottery anyways. Some of the higher teams, you know, even though if they weren't, hey, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Listen, I'm just saying, Penguins, like, hey, we uh, two things could happen here. Either we win the Stanley Cup or we get Alexis Lafreniere. I'm fine with either. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. How much how I mean, the hockey world burn? <laughs> I mean, the Penguins are a pretty flawed team, too. Yeah, they they need more depth up front, and they also need uh, more depth would, on the defensive line. I'm gonna disagree with you up front. I think the Penguins are one of the most deep teams at forward because we always find ways to score. It's stopping the puck and preventing the shots. Because like, and here's the thing: you said about like teams that are bad being in playoffs or teams that aren't good. Like I think of a team you know that got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets last year, Tampa Bay. I mean, they're a terrible team. <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Let's just say the only reason why the Penguins got past the Lightning a couple years ago is because they took out Ben Bishop, but okay. It'll be, I, I can't wait for this playoff because, and, and now the best part is, is like, Toronto can't lose to Boston in the first round. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to lose anyway. <laughs> and they're going to lose to Boston in the second round if they make it there, so... One thing I did want to touch on, so we talked about bad teams that aren't good, I should say. 
being in the playoffs, but there are, there is a team that just missed the playoffs with a couple games in hand. Do you know what team I'm talking about? The Buffalo Sabres? Indeed. They had a few games in hand on Montreal. Had they won those games, they would have most likely been in the playoff format. Yeah, they and, were number 25, so they were the team that just missed the cut. And Jack Eichel had some things to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, we weren't trying to make a 24-team playoff, but we couldn't even make that. <laughs> and he was just very upset, to say the least, on how much the Sabres have struggled since he's been there for five years. But it's Question about mark. time, because he's not wrong. Like, he, he is the heart and soul of that team. Is it just me, or does this remind you a lot of the... Ryan O'Reilly situation. I was gonna say that. Is Jack Eichel gonna be a St. Louis Blue? Well, I don't think it's St. Louis Blue, but I think it's interesting that, you know, yeah. Buffalo has had these really high-end elite players come mm-hmm. through their organization who are just, despite them being there, Buffalo would still end up, like, 8th in the East or 7th in the East. Yep. Like, I think the highest they've ever finished was 5th, and that was once. Well, and it, not to go off on a tangent on Buffalo, but it goes back to drafting. Like, they made some real missteps. I mean, they took Rosters of Salinen, who, for all intents and purposes, is not a good defenseman. He is head and shoulders below his competition. And you look at Casey Middlestat. I mean, that's not a great pick either. And he's really not been... He's young still. And I think he will grow into it, but he's not been good. Alexander Nylander was a bust. Uh, at least it looks that way. I mean, they're taking guys like Ukapekalukanen. In the high draft, they just don't know how to draft. Not only that, but I don't think Sam Reinhardt's that good either. I Reinhardt's mean, he, he, I mean, serviceable though. I mean, he's been having like fifty point seasons, but like before, he's been on the same line as Eichel. He just yeah, was exactly. looking like what, a bust. What was he? He was like a was he a second or fourth overall pick? He was like second overall twenty fourteen. That sounds right. Yeah, I mean, and like. It's probably a lot of development. Now, the Reinhardts, all the Reinhardts, unfortunately, were high picks and busts. But, I mean, Griffin Reinhardt, anybody? But, yeah, they're not the Stahl brothers, that's for sure. They're not even the Stroms. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, the Stroms are pretty good. The Stroms are pretty good. Even, like, Ryan is decent. But I look at, they've only had one pick aside from Eichel. Eichel was a home run. Like, you couldn't mess up Eichel. But their only other pick that's been good is Dahlin. Which, again, that was a home run. You couldn't mess that up. I mean, they, they, they sure tried, though. It says something where the only picks you get right are the ones where the players fall into your lap. Literally. It, that's it's never like, good. It's like teams, good teams especially, they're built by the picks they make late. Right. Anyone could get their first round pick right, but could everyone get their <laughs> fifth, Can the Buffalo sixth, get their first round pick seventh right? picks right? I mean, the Detroit Red Wings built a dynasty off their seventh-round picks. Yeah, New York Rangers got Henrik Lundqvist in, like, the seventh round. Predators got Pecorino in, like, the eighth or ninth or something like that back when they were look still, at, like, nine rounds. Look at every single team. And it's not even that. It's, you look at, I mean, that's a big part of it, is drafting late. Like, that's a huge part of it. Another thing that we, the Sabres just don't do right is they just don't sign and keep their prospects. Like, they, look at all the teams that signed college fragrance and junior non-roster invitees. I mean, there's a ton of players in the NHL who were never on a team that became stars. I mean, Dino Cicerelli is probably the best of all time who got unsigned, and the Sabres just don't do that. They don't sign guys who are worth talent. Yeah, they get their talent either through 
trades or like free agency. Yeah, and that's it's not the like, way to do it. They still have a hole at goaltender, I think. Yes. And they need to stop patching it with free agents and actually develop someone for the position. Whether that's Lukanen or Pekka Lukanen, Lukanen or Lukanen. Uh, I can't say his name. Like, is he project to be good? I know he's the prospect uh, they have in their system be, for goalie. Well, he projects to be good. He's not going to be great. I think I'm high on him because I think he's got what I like to call a low ceiling but a high floor. In other words, it's going to be hard to mess him up. But if any team can do it, it's Buffalo. Oh, boy. And not to go off on the Sabres, so we'll move on from that because we've been railing on them. There's another team that I wanted to talk about, and it's my Stanley Cup prediction for this year. And obviously, you saw my article I wrote yesterday for the site, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a hot take, if I'm being honest. Okay, I want... But, I like, want at first glance, at first glance, that, so. I thought it was a hot take, and I kept reading it, and, you know, you make good points, but I still think... I personally think it's a bit of a stretch. Okay. I'll defend my points when you're done, so you can... Anything you got, let me know. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's important that they have Kyrie McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Mike Smith did help power Arizona to a playoff run in 2010 or 2013 or something like that. I remember there was one playoff year where he just was a monster, but Mike Smith's like 40 now, and Miko Koskinen... (laughs) It's also 40. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. He's like the mid-30s. <laughs> yeah, so two old goaltenders. That kind of scares me a little bit. Connor McDavid and Leandro Dreisaitl scare me for the other reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I would personally, I would rather go with a team that's high experience in the playoffs. Even though these are going to be at different playoffs, playoffs are still a whole different beast than the regular season. It's still a whole different season than the regular season. Yeah, Kyrie McDavid and Dreisaitl were on fire in, in the regular season. How will they be when you have to play teams that have fully healthy defenses now? And there are a lot of good defenses in the West. Like, right after their series, I believe they would be playing the Stars next. That would be right. And the Stars have probably the best defense in the league. Well, I do think the Oilers could make a pretty good run. I think there's a reason that a lot of people are saying they're not going to. I think. They're pretty raw. A few of the guys they trade for at the trade deadline, they got injured like literally as soon as they got signed. So they're still trying to work on their chemistry with their uh, lower lines and even uh, some of their defensemen. I know like Mike Green, like he got injured almost right away. And Mike Green isn't who I would call a incredible defenseman anymore. So I feel like me personally, I would have to go with like a Boston or Washington then. Edmonton, but that's just me. I'm not sure how physical Edmonton is, but I feel like aside from Darnell Nurse and Zach Cassian and James Neal, there isn't too much physicality on that team. While with Boston and Washington, it's virtually the whole team, and they have just as much, if not more, scoring power than the Oilers. Okay. Those are all valid points. Now, I'm going to defend them. I feel like you made some good points about them being a raw team, and that is true. I don't disagree. They are raw. However, we just saw the worst team in the league at the December deadline for, for trading and whatnot last year win the Stanley Cup. So anything can happen. That's a given. But the other thing is, when I look at the playoffs and I look at the teams that they have to go through, and this is my big thing, they start with, in my opinion, a blank spot. They start with a free space. Because the Blackhawks 
with all due respect to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and even Duncan Keats still, that team is not good enough because I don't know that Alex Brinkat can survive a physical series because he's a great player, but he is easy to shut down when he gets bodied, which is going to be tough because he's got nobody around him right now. And I don't like their goaltending. I think the Oilers are going to shred them. That's an easy series for them. Every other team in the East has to play either Boston or Philly or Columbus to get to the Cup, probably. And in the West, I really think it comes down to two teams that I worry about, aside from Edmonton. That's Vegas and Dallas. And I think all the teams in the West are scary. But for the most part. My other big issue with this is McDavid and Dreisaitl, while just two players, that's all you really need to turn it on. I mean, we've seen time and time again play the Buffalo. Listen, that's not fair. Buffalo sucks. So I think Edmonton, while they are a raw team, they have the pieces. I'm a little bit worried about the goaltending, if I'm being honest. But I think you can survive a five-game series of bad goaltending. Maybe not a seven-game series, but we don't have to worry about that to look up. My last point, and this is my biggest one, is they don't have depth. I will absolutely admit, Edmonton at forward, not impressive. Defensively, I like their depth. I like Clefbaum, I like Nurse, Bouchard, and even, like I said, Ethan Bear. And they have some nice depth guys. I think when it comes down to it, there's one player in Edmonton that's going to turn it on, and that's James Neal. And if I'm wrong, then they're not going to do anything. But if James Neal, who is still shown to be a potent scorer, can find a little bit of magic, that is a scary player to play against in playoffs. You don't want to get hit by him, and you don't want to get shot at by him. So that, that, those are my reasonings. We'll have to wait and see. What else do we have on the agenda today? So I just came across an article on The Score. Not sure if you know what that is. It's an app that I have on my phone that has like a bunch of sports articles on it. And I just came across an article, Three High Seeds Most in Danger of an Upset During Play-In Round. And I'm curious, what teams do you think that are higher seeds that have a chance of just getting like completely knocked out during these playoffs, or not being able to make a as high of a run as maybe they could have before COVID happened. What three teams? This article says the Hurricanes, the Penguins, oh, and the Oilers. I see. I feel like that's not right. Okay, here they talk about how amazing Patrick Kane was in the playoffs. They can see the Oilers are a better team. I don't know, man. Anyways, in your opinion, okay. what teams yeah. that are higher seeds do you think are in a are worse position the- now than they were before? Oh, Carolina. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, they're <laughs> poor Carolina. I feel All bad for them. I really do. All three teams in these, it's Carolina, Boston, and Toronto. Because Boston, they get screwed too. They're in the same boat as Carolina with the matchup. And Toronto? I think, okay, and again, I'm going to reference Steve Dangle like I often do. He made some good points, I think it was last year in the playoffs. The, the, the Penguins and Capitals, the Capitals had to beat their boogeyman, right? They had to beat their boogeyman to win the Cup. I think if Toronto's going to win the Cup, they have to go through Boston. I think it's a rite of passage. They have to overcome them. So for them to have to play somebody else, especially a team like potentially Columbus, that's a brutal series to go into. That's not any better. How about you? Who do you think are the three teams that are kind of get upset? Yeah, I 100% agree with the Hurricanes. Yeah, getting the Rangers. 
which is kind of funny because the Rangers weren't even going to make the playoffs originally. And it seems really funny that now they're going to be a team that could theoretically make a deep run. Yeah, I have the Hurricanes. The Islanders aren't going to have a fun time. And I would also have to agree with you with the Maple Leafs. They, they're not going to have a, a fun time. See, the Islanders, I got to say, though, they suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, if but, they didn't go 18-0, would they even be here? Like, if they didn't have like, a, basically a perfect start to the season, would they, why, like, why are you here? You know what I mean? Barry Trotz. That's fair. And I mean, hey, we get to see JG Pajot, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they don't, it's like, they don't have that many exciting players to watch. They don't have any exciting players. They have I mean, one. Th- I Mars mean, Barzal now. and Lee, I guess, but... Uh, Lee is not exciting. Lee He's just scores player. goals. It's fun. Is he Is he really exciting? When he's on a good run, he is. Well, I'm also saying that because I'm hugely biased because I have him on my fantasy team, so... Fantasy's done for the season. I know. My guy. I know. I'm very mad. Um, I, I got screwed out of my title defense. You tried your best. I thought you posted this at the start of the show. I just don't want to forget it. Do you want to go over the hub cities quickly and give us a breakdown? Maybe we can pick our two favorites. Yeah, so there's there are a bunch of cities that are proposed to be Stanley Cup hub cities. This is probably because of either remoteness or like the amount of like COVID cases. So we have Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh. Toronto and Vancouver. Right. Me personally, I think Vancouver would be a good place for to be the Stanley Cup hub city because as far as I'm aware, it's there's not that many cases in Vancouver for COVID and it's also somewhat kind of remote. And I'm only saying that because it's in Canada, which is not a real place as we all know. Correct. So I think I think it's kind of likely it could be Vancouver. That's just my opinion. I also think maybe Las Vegas. Interesting. Okay, hear me out. I like your idea of of, uh, Vancouver because it is kind of remote, but that's a big jump for time zones. Well, even for the West, depends if you get the Central guys too. I think for the West, I like Chicago because they're one of the first places in the country to go fully green. And... Honestly, in the East, I just don't know how any of these make sense. Like, Ohio makes a lot of sense to me because it's secluded. Like, Pittsburgh, too, it's kind of like not... It's not a huge metro as, like, Toronto is. Like, Toronto just does not make sense. I know it's the hub of hockey, but there's just so many people. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, there's a lot of cases there, too. Like, there and Montreal. And Montreal's not a hub city, by the way, but... I know. Yeah, just yeah. saying that there are a lot of cases in both those cities, from what I remember. Of course, of course. Now, uh, one other thing I know you said you wanted to get to. Jeff Blaschel. Oh, wait. Before we get to that, just a question about the hub cities. So, yep. So, are there pretty much not going to be any home games? Like, are all the playoff series going to be played in the hub cities, I assume? Like, yeah. As like, it'll, a bubble? It, yeah, so it'll basically just be like, because home and away doesn't matter in the NHL necessarily. I mean, it, of course, having your fans does, but in reality, it's not like baseball or football or soccer where you get like an advantage by being home. So I don't think it matters, honestly. 
Okay. I know Toronto okay. would be a weird one, but, you know, so we'll see. Do you want to move on now to Blashill? Sure. Alright, so you you brought up the fact that Steve Eisenman said that Jeff Blashill, who I believe got an extension recently, not fairly recently, but recently enough, you said you are in favor of that. Uh-huh. Let me hear why. Well, first off, Steve Eisenman said that he's not looking at wins and losses right now. He's looking at player development. And Jeff Blashill has a lot of young players that he's been developing the past couple of years. And they weren't looking bad early this season until they had all those injuries. I think it says a lot that the team was still playing pretty hard for him, despite the lack of talent they had outside of their young players. Everyone knows that like it's going to be hard for Detroit right now, simply because... Right now, they're just trying to develop players. So I think it's unfair to try to hold Blash Hill to have a huge... To try to win games before the team's ready to win games. You know what I mean? Like, I think as long as he's developing the players and they're going to be NHL ready within like a season or two, they'll be fine. But I think as long as they just keep working on player development, like that should be their focus right now. Those are some good points, and I will give you the fact of players' familiarity. So that's one thing in his favor, is that having your young players around a guy who, for all the purposes, brings some like familiarity and some... Uh, I, I can't find the word, but basically it, just something similar in the room, like that they're used to, you know what I mean? Some normal say. That's important. However, I think the one thing you have to keep in mind is the Red Wings right now aren't trying to win. That is obvious, but that doesn't mean they can't win. And I don't understand why... You know what you have at Jeff Blaschel, and I don't know that what they have is a good thing. There are so many coaches out there that could do the same job Jeff Blaschel does for less money than he got in his extension, and probably do it better. If you're looking for a player development coach, I don't know that that's Jeff Blaschel, because he wasn't brought in to be that. He was brought in to win games, and he didn't. So. I don't know. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Also, I'm a fan of chaos. I just said that Mike Babcock should go back to Detroit. Do you imagine? Oh, man. I don't want to see Mike Babcock coach ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Well, I-, I won't say ever again, but I mean, because in retrospect, after we saw what happened with what's his face in Calgary, like that was bad. Like Mike Babcock did some bad stuff. And we, I mean, I guess we don't know that he didn't have a hand in. Like, some of that stuff, but it sounds like he did not. From everything inside the industry, it sounds like he isn't, like, a racist or like that. It just sounds like he was arrogant and tried to mess with a young player. Yeah, no, he's just I, a hard-ass that plays mind games on yeah, young he's, guys. Yeah, he's pompous, and he's... He, but I think if he can adapt, I don't want to... What's his face? I, I, I don't even know his name. I'm sorry, I'm saying what's his face. But the guy, the former Calgary, Bill Peters, he should never coach again. Like and I think he coaches in the KHL, but he should never coach in the NHL again because he's a bad person. But I think Mike Babcock, especially being that Mitch Marner said he did like apologize to him, I think Mike Babcock, if he wasn't involved in the Bill Peters stuff, then he he should get a chance. But we'll see. I guess only time will tell on that front. I mean, yeah, there was a time in history where Mike Babcock was considered the best coach in the NHL. I never necessarily it, agreed with that, but there was a point in time where that was a thing. I don't know that that's true, because he coached at the same time Joel Quenville did. I think he was considered one of the best. But no, I see your point. 
we'll definitely see. Is there anything else you want to talk about? The MLB stuff. Oh, right. Did you want to leave that off? There's that whole thing going on with the owners trying to, from what I understand, trying to make sweeping pay cuts across the board for their players. And I think this also ties in with that, but the whole minor league cuts that happened a couple of days ago. Okay, so, yeah, let me go off on a tangent if I may. Okay, the MLB owners are a bunch of idiots. Like, they, for the most part, just refuse to pay these players. They cut a bunch of non-roster invitees. They basically just said, screw you to their entire staffs. Like, it's just been a bad day all around. And it's just to save a couple of thousand dollars. Like, players themselves are stepping in and helping each other. You know, I saw, like, David Price is donating his whole salary. It's just a bad situation. So, like, what are... It's like, what was, like, the owner's, like, proposal to, like, the MLBPA? <laughs> you, you want it, the actual proposal? You want me to tell you what it basically did? They basically told them to go fuck themselves, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better way to put it. I mean, it's, it's literally what it was. The MLBPA and the MLB are, are at such odds. Like, it's incredible. I'm not wrong. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> was that too blunt for you? No, I think it makes sense. <laughs> the MLB, the thing is, is it's hard to talk about because there's really not that much relevant information. I'm trying to remember the numbers that were on the graphic because it's like, like, like say like the pay cuts from like, from like a player who's making like 35 million or 30 million would like be dropping down to like 7 million or something like that, or just like a really low number. And I know, like, the MLBPA, they're going to try doing a counter-proposal where it's like they get uh, pro-rated salaries. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, like, if the MLB plays half the season, they get, like, half their salary. Or something yeah, for like sure. That. Which, if I may, I think makes sense. Because people are always like, oh, players sign these contracts, they need to honor these contracts. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. The owners need to honor those contracts, too. And they do. As we yeah. know, on the business side of sports, and this isn't just MLB, but this is also no NHL, NBA, NFL, owners and general managers always try to look for a way after they sign a player to, like, big money, or even if they sign, like, a middling player to, like, a decent amount of money, they always try to find ways to stay under the cap or try to reduce the amount of money they're paying out as much as possible. They always try to look for outs that makes them pay out the least amount of money they could within reason. It's like we see this happen all the time with teams doing trades that are essentially salary dumps. And this whole proposal is just a huge salary dump across the board to essentially save them money that honestly isn't even a drop in the bucket for them anyways. Like the whole minor league cuts was just ridiculous for um, allow me to pull up an article written by Michael Bradburn on the score. Um, a quote in here is, 40 players per team just got whacked so the club could save 50000 per month. This is the equivalent of trying to save money by cutting out your daily Starbucks trip, but still driving a BMW X5 you can't afford. What? That's essentially what the minor league cuts were. It's like, how are you supposed to have prospects in depth if you just cut your minor league teams? You know, that's the problem. I mean... I don't have a solution. I just don't think that they know what they're doing. It's like the thing that I don't get is that like the NHL is 
hasn't been doing like any drastic moves like this, but the MLB finds the need to, even though the MLB makes way more money than the NHL. You would think they would have a lot more money to not have to worry about these kind of cuts. Like, in theory, this kind of stuff should have been happening. Like, these should have been issues with the NHL that we're not seeing, or at least not seeing yet. Well, the MLB, too, has long, long player and like player to personnel thing. I mean, and it really just started recently where players are saying a big F you to their teams and just leaving and taking money, which good for them. But owners are just starting to get like greedier and greedier. I, the MLB is one of those sports where it's, it just can't get it out of its own way. Like, I we've talked about the NHL being dumb in various situations, and we're right. But it's just like the MLB just can't figure it out. They just they they keep they keep hitting themselves. You know, we'll have to wait and see what they end up doing because honestly, at this point, I don't see an impasse here. Do you? No. So we'll have to wait and see. Is there anything else you want to get to today? Should I see if there's any football news? The only thing is uh, Cam Newton's still unsigned. That is true. I think he's going to get signed like week one or week two of the actual season when a quarterback goes down. That's sort of what seems like what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll be, I guess we'll close it there then. Well, we'll be back next week. We actually had some news for the first time, which, well, second time in two months as we slowly start to trickle in. Hopefully by next week we'll know a little bit more about the training camps for the NHL. Maybe the MLB will stop being dumb. Probably not. We'll see. But alright, we'll leave it off there then and we'll be back. Hopefully with some guests next week. Until next time.